Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. everybody welcome aboard and uh, today is a live show Wednesday July 12th 2023 please excuse my head cold but uh, we're going to get started brother Michael would you like to open us up in prayer yes certainly well God bless all the listeners today and we pray that the Lord will touch you all from the top of your head to the sole of your feet we plead the blood of the lamb upon you all now for you will all overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony and we pray that Jesus will be with us today as we all learn together and we pray that you will all be anointed by the Holy Spirit today in Jesus name we pray Amen I say Amen to that my friend welcome back take your time the microphone is yours 
Thank you very much. Well, hello to all of you. God bless you all. And God bless all of you that tune in every week and listen to me. I have to apologize. I was going to speak this week about hypnotism and about the healing of Reiki. But to be honest with you, I did a lot, a lot of research and I never really put it together in time. So the Holy Spirit told me to speak about the Antichrist. You know, one of the ways we will know that the Antichrist is here is that he will come as a religious leader. Now, in history, there are many people who have been accused of being the Antichrist in history. Hitler, Stalin, Napoleon, Marzitun, Pol Pot, Idi Amin, Saddam Hussein, Bill Gates, and even the new King of England, King Charles III. They have all been accused of being the Antichrist. But when you look at all of these, none of these were religious leaders, so they can't be the Antichrist. One of the things we know that he will come as a religious leader. And I've got some fantastic stuff to share with you today from history. A lot of this stuff will make you say, wow, but we're going to do it anyway. We know the time is short before the Antichrist is exposed and the tribulation period starts. When after a short time of prosperity and peace, 42 months or three and a half years, then destruction and persecution of Jews and Christians will be greater than at any time in human history. That persecution has always existed in Islamic, Hindu, Buddhist and communist nations. But now we see that persecution is coming in nations that we've always considered to be Christian. Great Britain and the USA, many of these governments now don't want to hear a born-again Christian message. They're living under a what we call political correctness. And they're truly worried about born-again believers upsetting the general public. I believe that the Antichrist is already here, being trained in Islam, politics, medicine, public speaking, and of course the dark arts. And everything Satan teaches him is how to deceive mankind. Many people believe that he will be part Jewish from the tribe of Dan. Yes, many people believe that. We can be sure that we live in dangerous times. And in the end times he will reign. Let's have a look at our first scripture today. Matthew 24, verses 21 to 25. For then shall be great tribulation, such it was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. 
So the Antichrist will come to deceive the very elect. Now it says, if it wasn't for those days being short, no flesh would survive. We have to look in the days we live in, Russia, USA, Britain, India, Pakistan, China and France have terrible nuclear weapons that they have the capacity of completely destroying mankind. Add to that that a terrorist group, Al-Qaeda, uh, the Mujahideen, Hezbollah, may get their hands on nuclear weapons. People have asked me, is Vladimir Putin the Antichrist? Well, I know that the Russian Orthodox Church are really keeping him with Vladimir Putin. They're not telling him he's doing anything wrong at all. Some have even suggested that he may be used by God to pour out the wrath of mankind for their sin. One thing I do know, many years ago I met an American lady who was in London when I was in a conference and we started talking and she told me that Psalm 91 was a psalm about the days we're living in, not about the days of the Old Testament but today's days and she gave me these couple of lines to prove it to me. She said, a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Now, what could kill 10,000 at one time? We're talking about nuclear bombs, chemical bombs, biological warfare. We're living in times of terrible destruction. When it comes the Antichrist, he will deliver a new religion, which he will declare as being a true religion of spiritual truth, which he will lead and spread around the world. There's a lot of people might not know this. In Islam, it is believed that in the end times, they will have a saviour come. His name is Mahdi, M-A-H-D-I. M-A-H-D-I, which in Arabic means the guided one. And though this does not appear anywhere in the Quran, there's no mention of him at all, Muslims believe he will come to unite all Muslims and restore true religion and bring in a golden age of Islam. It said it will only last seven, eight or nine years before the end of the world. When he's on the earth, he will declare Jesus was not God or the Son of God, but a prophet of Islam. He will deny the Bible and the Torah's truth. He will say that Abraham took Ishmael to Mount Moriah, not Isaac, thus denying both the Jewish faith and Christianity, because God never provided the lamb. Because in Islam, a lamb is not needed. The Holy Spirit will be denied as the comforter and they will claim Mohammed will be the comforter. They already claim that today. Of course, Jesus will not be regarded as the Son of God. I remember Pope John Paul 
the leader of the world's Roman Catholic Church, visiting Turkey some years ago when he was alive. That's the Polish Pope. And he got off the plane at Ankara Airport. The TV crews turned their cameras to a young Muslim woman who held up a large banner that proclaimed Jesus was not the Son of God, but a prophet of Islam. So the Antichrist will find it not very difficult at all to deny Jesus. He will try his best and will succeed in saying that Jesus never come in the flesh. And the Antichrist will spread this throughout all religions. Let's look at the proof from God's word. Let's look at the proof from God's word regarding the Antichrist. I'm going to be saying some things today regarding Catholicism that some people might find offensive. I don't mean it to sound offensive, but I'm going to have to say it because it is what is written in the Bible. 1 John, let's have a look at 1 John 4. 1 John 4, verse 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now is already in the world. I truly believe that the Antichrist is already in the world. And how do you know that someone's the spirit of Antichrist? He will deny that Jesus came in the flesh. Let's have a look at 1 John 2.18. For it says, Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that this is the last time. We know that this is the last day. 2 John 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Hallelujah. And he will actually say that. He will say that in the name of Jesus. Let's have a look at First John 2. Hallelujah. Verse 22. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is an antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. The antichrist will do this. We have conclusive proof in God's word that he will actually do this. So it is fair to say that the antichrist will come as a religious leader fully trained in the Torah and the Bible and, of course, the Quran, Hindus, Buddhists will in some way be incorporated into this new religion or suffer destruction. I have prayed for many Catholics who believe that Catholicism is the true faith, and I myself have had many conflicts regarding their beliefs and how uh, it has been in confliction with what I hold as true. Reverend 
Armoth, that's A-M-O-R-T-H, was the chief exorcist in the Vatican. And it is believed that he and his team delivered 70,000 poor people from demons. And in March 2010, he gave an interview to the Italian press. At the time, he was 85 years of age and he defended his work and work of the Association of Exorcists which is the Catholic movement that controls exorcisms he proclaimed that though the devil could not be everywhere but was and is a pure spirit that appears to be invincible he speaks demonic blasphemies through all he possesses he can stay hidden and undercover, can speak in all languages, even ones that are not known in the modern world. He gives witness that when he engages the devil in exorcism, it can take up to six or seven priests to hold down the possessed person. He claims that he has witnessed people coughing up glass and nails, which he keeps in a small pouch. He claims that Satan attacks the Vatican and he claims that the devil resides inside Vatican City. He said it's hard to prove, but he asked the press to look at Vatican scandals like the worldwide scandal of paedophilia. Cardinals who no longer believe in the divinity of Jesus and the grisly murder by a Swiss guard the Swiss guards are the Vatican bodyguards. This Swiss guard murdered his commander and his wife. Reverend Amoth states that it is proof that Satan has infiltrated the Vatican and the Catholic Church. For the Antichrist to emerge as a significant religious leader who will influence all religions, he will not originate in a small Pentecostal church with a hundred in the congregation. I believe born-again believers who rightly claim that Jesus Christ and God are one will never move from that godly position. Scripture states, let's have a look what Scripture states. The first one is John 10, verse 30. John 10, verse 30. Let's see what scripture takes. Hallelujah. I and my father are one. I and my father are one. The Antichrist hates this. He hates this. He will deny this. He will deny the Bible where it says this. But John 10 verse 30 says, I and my father are one. Let's go to Titus. Titus 9, hallelujah. Let's go, sorry, Titus 2, verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. We're looking for his appearance. We're now going to look at Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6. Isaiah, sorry, forgive me, I said it wrong. It's the other way around. It's Isaiah 9, verse 6. Forgive me. I'm looking through the pages. I've got myself in a mess. 
Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. That is where born-again believers stand. Now we know that the Catholic Church has changed lately. The Pope now, he is talking about same-sex marriage and how he believes same-sex marriage is now acceptable. He believes that now. Hallelujah. I believe for the deceiver antichrist to be received in the Christian world, he must infiltrate the Catholic Church and all the other non-born-again churches. You see, he will see the born-again believers as his enemies because they will preach from the scriptures we have just read. He will see us as the enemies and he will try to destroy us. Destroy us. I've got a story that happened in England. Some of you might know about it. A lot of you may not. I want to tell you about an event that happened on the 17th of June, 1982. Roberto Calvi, who was 62 years of age, was known as God's banker because of his closeness to the Pope and the hierarchy of the Vatican. Popular speculation had linked the Vatican Bank to the Mafia. In other words, they were saying that drug money, prostitution, gambling money, casino money was going through the Vatican Bank. Even a plot of this, a plot like this, was shown in the last Godfather film, Godfather 3. In Godfather 3, it showed the Vatican Banker being murdered. Calvi was chairman of, of Banco Ambrosiano from 1975 to 1981. Calvi was given a four-year suspended jail sentence in 1981 for exporting illegally US$27 out of Italy. He spent a short time in prison and attempted suicide, and finally went to court, he was fined 19.8 US million dollars. So he was 19.8 million dollars, and the currency was US dollars. Calvi's dealings at Banco Ambrosiana came to a head in 1974, when the Vatican Bank lost 30 million US dollars. When Franklin National Bank, that was owned by financier, Michel Sindana, who died in prison after having his coffee laced with cyanide, Calvi wrote a letter to Pope John Paul II, the Polish Pope, on the 5th of June, 19. 82, two weeks before his death, warning the Pope of a catastrophic disaster. 
that would have the gravest consequences to the Catholic Church. Banco Ambronziano collapsed in June 1982 following the discovery that illegal transactions had gone on between the Vatican Bank and in 1984 the Vatican Bank had to pay back 224 million US dollars to Banco Ambrosiana's biggest 120 creditors. But it was decided that the Catholic Church had no direct involvement in the transactions and was granted immunity from prosecution. On the 10th of June 1982, Calvi obtained a false passport in the name of Gian Roberto Calvini and he went from Venice to London via Zurich. On the 18th of June 1982, a postal clerk was crossing Blackfriars Bridge in London on his way to work and he saw a man hanging from the scaffolding under Blackfriars Bridge. Calvi had five bricks in his pocket and about 14,000 or the value of 14,000 US dollars made up of free international currencies. Calvi was a Freemason and was a member of an illegal Freemasonry lodge who referred to themselves as Fratineri. That's Fratineri. And that translated to English as Black Friars. Now this man was found hanging under Black Friars Bridge and he was a member of an illegal Freemasonry lodge called Fratineri, which is Black Friars. It is said that he hung under the bridge and he was completely straight when he was found, but his feet were not touching the water. And because of the link between the name of the Freemasonry Lodge and the name of Blackfriars Bridge, it was believed to be a Freemasonry assassination. Forensic technology confirmed that there was no paint, grease, sand or cement on his shoes. So though he was hanging from the scaffolding, he had never walked on the scaffolding because that was a building site and there would have been traces of paint, cement, sand over all the scaffolding poles and the running boards where he was hung from. Despite various accusations being made by his family and various forensic investigations from Scotland Yard, also private eyes was brought in, the truth of Roberto Calvi's demise has never come out. He died. It is believed that it was a Freemasonry assassination of course, I cannot say whether the Vatican was involved, what Freemasonry Lodge was involved. I can't say that. There is no proof. But this is very, very suspicious. Let's have a look at 1 Timothy 6, verse 10. 1 Timothy 
6 verse 10 and see what it says hallelujah it says here for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows we believe that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and people will do all sorts of things for money and when you can see that the Catholic Church lost a lot of money at the hands of this man and the hands of his bank somebody made him pay for it if we look to Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10 uh, this scripture listen to what I say because it takes a bit of getting used to this scripture and it might be hard to understand but listen to it please Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10 he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver nor he that loveth abundance with increase this is also vanity what basically that is telling us that the excessive love of money is called what should we call it your avarice avariceness if you have an excessive love of money that is avariceness the desire of acquiring wealth doing anything to obtain wealth being covetous and being greedy many Christians have different views on the rapture some believe in a pre-tribulation rapture in other words just prior to the Antichrist being revealed and the start of the tribulation period God's church will be raptured the word rapture doesn't appear in the Bible the scripture reference that is used is 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 16 to 18 let's find this for you 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 16 to 18 hallelujah you know the word rapture is one of those words that people constantly talk about but there's no mention of it at all in the Bible 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 16 to 18 for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall arise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord verse 18 says wherefore comfort one another with these words when I go back to the Catholic Church and what I was trying to say when Reverend Amoth spoke about the devil having infiltrated the Catholic Church I believe that what he's saying is the truth and I say that probably the death of Roberto Calvi is something that says there was rotten doing in the church financially hallelujah we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air 
and the assumption is that the Lord will not allow his true saints to suffer at the hands of the religious leader, the Antichrist, born of a Babylonian prostitute, full of satanic evil, determined to destroy true faith through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because he hates the truth and he knows from God alone comes the truth and the truth is in Jesus and the truth is in God's word. Now you can see this pre-tribulation rapture. I heard a saying many years ago, if you wake up one morning and this man is revealed and the newspapers, the TV news, the radio news, the internet news are proclaiming this man as a great new religious leader, you've been left behind and you're in trouble. You now have to live through the tribulation period. Now we know the first three and a half months, the first three and a half years, 42 months, forgive me, uh, the first three and a half years or 42 months, he will become popular, he will be charismatic. He will sort out lots of problems in the economy. There will be a peace treaty between Israel and the Arab nations that surround it, and people will think he is a marvellous politician. He will claim that he's come from God. He will claim that. He will claim that he's been sent by God to put the world's ailments to make them right in the name of Jesus. So there are people who believe, called mid-tribulation rapture believers, Though that will mean that they will live through the first 42 months of the tribulation period. But some of them think that's okay, because that will not be a time of persecution. I think it will be a time of terrible persecution, and the seeds will be sown for persecution. Because though people are doing well, preparations will be made to find out who all the born-again believers are. I believe that there will be a move to change the meaning of the Bible. There will be a move to change times, the clock, the times, the seasons. He will try to do that. And this charismatic man will be tolerated by Mankind, they'll say, ah, he must be right, he's come from God. Let him do what he has been led to do. Born-again believers then, though they're living in times of so-called peace and prosperity, they will see the writing of the wall and they will know the terrible times that are coming. Now, I say this now. Who wouldn't want to be raptured at a pre-tribulation? If we go into a mid-tribulation period and no rapture has taken place, then think of the Christians who are not really solid in their faith. They will come under the influence of this Antichrist and he will try his hardest to lead them away from a born-again believer's position. Think of our children and our grandchildren. 
Think of the influence they may come under and how they may turn away from Jesus and turn to this new religion. Hallelujah. The practices that born-again believers call sinful, sexual deviancy, and those who oppose the Bible, who oppose Jesus as being God, those who didn't believe there was anything wrong in the crucifixion of Christ, they will promote a new world religion. He has fixed the economy. He has provided all the homeless with homes and jobs. He will be at the height of his popularity in the first three and a half years or 42 months of the tribulation period. Why would God allow us to live through the first 42 months of the tribulation period where the saints will be exposed to subtle deceptions, subtle deceptions from the man of lawlessness where our children and grandchildren and all believers who are not strong in their faith will be seduced by a message of plenty. You know, the Antichrist will take away the threat of judgment and hell. The Antichrist will continue to declare that he has come from God. He will even try and convince the world that he is God. Let's have a look at some of the scriptures that speak about this. Let's have a look at Revelation 13, verse 5, and see what it says. Revelation 13, verse 5. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given to him to continue forty and two months. Verse 6, and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and then that dwell in them. Verse 7 says, it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Hallelujah. He will make war with the born-again believers. He will blaspheme God. He will say terrible things about God, shocking things about God. He's probably saying it already. People commit blasphemies all the time now, and they don't see the danger in them. Let's have a look again at 1 John 4, and let's read verses 1 to 3. I read verse 3 before. Let's read verses 1 to 3. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now, is already 
in the world. Believe the Antichrist. I truly believe that he's in the world. Truly, truly do I believe it. And I believe that he's in preparation to unleash his evil. Now, what do Christians do about this? Well, we know what we have to do. And I appeal to everyone out there. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Saviour, if you have not given your life to Jesus, now is the time to do it. Those that are in sin, those that are not born again, even certain Christians, Christians who do not believe in being born again, Christians who simply say, I'm a churchgoer. Yes, I read the Bible. I go to funerals. I go to weddings. I go to baptisms but are not born again. I remember many, many years ago, I got a phone call from a man in Glasgow in Scotland. And he was very, very troubled. And he said he was being tormented by demons. I asked this man how this happened. And he said that his father died. And his mother remarried a man. And when she remarried that man, it turned out that he was a warlock. He was high up in Satanism and witchcraft. And he and this man had an argument. This man had an argument and the young man told him to leave the house because the young man was a devout Catholic. Anyway, his stepfather said to him that you will be very sorry for picking an argument with me. And as soon as I die, demons will come upon you and they will torment you terribly, and you will be sorry that you was ever born. And the truth happened. His stepfather died, and he said within days he was being tormented by demons who were picking him up and throwing him out of the bed, poking him by spiritual sticks and knives. And he went to the Catholic Church. Three priests came to his house to try and do an exorcism, and it never worked. Even a Catholic bishop tried. So this man had been recommended to contact me, and I rang it, and he rang me, and I said, well, look, my friend, the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is to give your life to Jesus and become born again. He said, I don't have to do that. Why would I have to do that? I'm a Roman Catholic. And I said to him, my friend, if you think being a Roman Catholic is going to protect you from the power of the devil, you are mistaken. Jesus Christ has to be your Lord and Savior. You have to receive him in your heart. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. We don't do that in the Catholic Church. So, he said, if you're going to ask me to leave the Catholic faith, I said, I'm not going to ask you to leave the Catholic faith. I have no right doing that. But I'm telling you, you must receive Jesus now. And he put the phone down. And I thought, well, fair enough, that's that. And then he rung back a few days later. And he said, I'm not going to stop being a Catholic. I said, I'm not telling you not to be a Catholic, but you must be born again. You must receive Jesus. You must have new life. Your sins must be forgiven you. You must confess them. You must repent them. And you must be washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. And he got angry with me again. And eventually, 
he put the phone down. So I generally thought that was that. I'm not going to hear from this man anymore. He's got nothing to say to me. And then all of a sudden he rung me back. And he said, okay, we'll do things your way. The torment had been terrible. And he was at his wit's end. I said, we're going to say the sinner's prayer. And this time he didn't argue. I said, Lord Jesus, I know you are the Son of God. And he's saying, Lord Jesus, I know you are the Son of God. Then a different voice came out of him. And the different voice said, Michael, tell me what I need to give you to for you to stop doing this work you do. I will give you money. I will give you fame. I will give you power. Just tell me what you want. And I said, what is your name? And he said, my name is Lucifer. And I said, you was Lucifer when you was with the Lord in heaven, but you've been cast down to the earth because of your sin and rebellion. You are no longer Lucifer. You are Satan. And come out of this man now in Jesus' name. Leave him immediately. And the man vomited everywhere. Vomited everywhere. And after he had finished vomiting and being sick, he was back to normality. He spoke normally. And he was thankful for what had happened. I let him go. I don't know whether he's still a Catholic to this day. And I hope and pray that he is still free from demons. But you see, this is the subtle deceptions of Satan. He can speak any language. If you see the film The Devil's Advocate, this is a wonderful film, and Al Pacino plays Satan in it. He's going in a New York subway train and he listens to a Spanish man who's talking and the Spanish man is suggesting that there may be infidelity. His wife may be committing committing infidelity. And Satan tells that man to go on quickly because someone's in bed with his wife and he says it to him in Spanish. You see, Satan, people... Disregard Satan, they say, oh, he's nothing, he's nothing. Satan is very powerful. We must remember that Satan was God's number one angel. He was a covering cherub, and he used to cover the whole world and report back to the Lord God in heaven. What happened to him? He became proud. He became arrogant. He wanted to put his throne up there with the throne of God. He wanted to be equal with God. Now we know God doesn't share his glory with anyone. And he was cast out of heaven. But he still retains absolute power. When I say absolute power, absolute power now in the earth The only people who can oppose Satan are the born-again believers that are filled with the Holy Spirit, that have been washed with the blood of Jesus. They can stand against him. People who are drug dealers, people who are alcoholics, people who sleep with loads of women in the course of a year, people who are sexually immoral, they cannot stand against Satan because Satan has them bound 
in their sin. So they have no authority over Satan. He's still very, very powerful. And when you think, if you like, if you want to call him the son of Satan, this religious leader, the Antichrist, when he does the things in the first 42 months of the tribulation period, when people see him barter a peace treaty between Israel and the Arab states, when he sees prosperity in the world, unemployment, good housing, plenty of food, plenty of good wages, then these people will give their lives to him. If somebody says to them, look, I want you to accept Jesus Christ today. I want you to rebuke this man. He is actually the son of Satan, the Antichrist. I don't want you to believe. They're not going to believe you. They say, life's good. We believe this man. When you go back to the Third Reich, just before the Second World War, the Germans, an educated people with great philosophers, great classical musicians, great poets there, they saw the persecution of the Jews, but they themselves were doing very well. They was encouraged to give up to the Gestapo and the Nazi secret police anyone they believed that was Jewish because naturally many Jews tried to live. Many Jews who had money, they got new passports in German names and they tried to pretend themselves to be Germans. I've even known a great Nazi war hero who joined as a paratrooper in the start of the war and in the end he was kicked out of the Nazi party and kicked out of the German army because they found out that one of his grandmothers was in fact Jewish. So if you think at that time, there other Nazis and they're persecuting the Jewish people they're sending them to concentration camps they're killing them what did the German people do? well in their eyes they'd never had it so good so they didn't rock the boat and that will be the same time when the Antichrist is revealed people who are doing well won't want to rock the boat they'll go along with him they'll think this gravy chain is going to last forever and born-again Christians will then be worried. That's why the rapture's got to come pre-tribulation. So the born-again believers are taken out of the world. I've had a man have an argument with me, and he said the rapture, the whole concept of the rapture or being taken up to meet the Lord in the air, is escapism, he said. It's not based on any reality at all. We will have to live through the whole tribulation period until Jesus comes back. That's what he said. And many people actually believe that. If that's the case, we're going to have to live through terrible terror and terrible horror and most of us will surely be killed unless we can hide away away from the antichrist and all those who serve him let's go back to matthew 24 and we're going to look at verse 5 now hallelujah matthew 24 verse 5 for many shall come in my name saying i am christ and shall deceive many. Verse 6 says, And you shall hear of wars and rumours of wars. 
See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Verse 7, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. And these are the beginning of sorrows. So there's still some time now. Let's have a look in the Gospel of Mark, Mark 13. And we're going to have a look at verse 22. Mark 13, verse 22. It says, For false Christs and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce if it were possible, even the elect. They'll do signs and wonders. They'll do things that make the everyday man's eyes pop out and he think how wonderful this man is. Whatever his name. He's going to have a very user-friendly name, the Antichrist. He's not going to be given his real name because all demons have demonic names, you know, and the Antichrist will have a demonic name. Remember in the uh, Omen films, he was called Damien Thorne. He's not going to have a name like that. He's going to have a showbiz name. Uh, We're going to look at that name and think, wow, that's a name. Wow, that's a name. And he's going to come and be deceitful. The Antichrist will deceive many with demonic signs and wonders. Probably the most dramatic will be in Revelation 13, verses 1 to 9. Let's read that now. Revelation 13, verses 1 to 9. Please allow me to get there. I'm trying my best. Lots of pages to flick over, and I'll be with you soon. There we go. Thank you. Revelation 13, verses 1 to 9. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him power, and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast, and they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast and they worship the beast saying who is like unto the beast who is able to make more with him and there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months and he opened his mouth and blast opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life, of the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. You hear that? 
all those who have rejected the Lamb, rejected Jesus, their names are not in the Lamb's book of life. They will give power and authority to the Antichrist. The devil has given it to him anyway, but they will worship him. All those who have rejected Jesus will follow the beast, the Antichrist, and his evil empire. But you know, what people will say, look at that wound, that's a wound to death on one of his heads and it has been healed. This man has truly come from God. He has the gift of healing. God sends two witnesses to the earth to prophesy from 1,260 days wearing sackcloth. They will speak the truth and the devil cannot touch them. Let's read Revelation 11 verses 1 to 14. I've overrun a bit, uh, Shannon. Is it all right if I carry on? Absolutely. Take your time. Okay. Revelation 11 verses 1 to 14. Hallelujah. And there was given a reed like a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles and the holy city shall they tread under foot forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. They shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. They are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must this manner be killed. These have power to shut heavens, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues, as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall over and shall overcome them and kill them, and their bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people when the kindreds and the tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in the graves. And they shall dwell upon the earth, shall, and they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half, the spirit alive from God had entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour there was a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted, 
and gave glory to the God of heaven. This second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. So there we see. Some believe that the two witnesses are Enoch and Elijah because they never suffered death. They were taken up into heaven alive. They were translated. Others believe that the two witnesses are Moses and Elijah because they both appeared at the time of Jesus' configuration. Uh, Elijah will shut the heavens. Moses will turn the waters into blood. Hallelujah. And as we know, Enoch was not of Abraham's descendant. The beast makes war with them and kills them. Of course, extreme pressure will be put on all people, especially born-again Christians, who have not been raptured for one reason or another. And it's God's will who gets raptured. They will be asked to accept the mark of the beast. But Christians that have been left behind and the newly saved Christians, because evangelism will go on, will stand up to the terror of the Antichrist and will spread the gospel. God's angels are supporting those and lifting them up, saying to them under that great pressure, don't take the mark. They will say, and thousands will be martyred. But the armies of God were victorious. The armies of Satan were destroyed by Jesus at the Valley of Megiddo. And I will read that, but that's Revelation 19. And I will read it now. Verses 11 to 21. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no one knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Saying, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that you may eat of the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both Stand by. Brother Michael, can you hear us?
Okay, let me try that again here. Hang on. Uh, Brother Michael's offline. We'll give it a minute. Welcome aboard if you're just joining us. Let's try that again. Hello there, my friend. Sorry, did we get off? Just for one minute, uh, you are starting to read a scripture verse. Okay, I've just, I've read, just read the scripture verse. It was Revelation 19, verses 19 to 21, and that's when Jesus comes riding on a horse, and it leads to the battle of Armageddon, and the beast and the false prophet was cast into the lake of fire. Now, what I was going to say in Revelation 20, it tells us in verse to 6, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into a bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads and on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not live until the thousand years was finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that have part in the first resurrection. On such the second death have no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with them a thousand years. They are the witnesses that have been beheaded for their witness for Jesus Christ. That during the tribulation period, they proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. And they never shrunk away by using fear or terror. All those following the Antichrist, the false religious leader, they will end up in the lake of fire. Revelation 20 verse 16 says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. You know, even in the tribulation period, the Lamb's Book of Life will still be there for people to be written in it by the angels. The Antichrist is a terrible, terrible prospect for the world, but we do not have to be frightened. Do not have to fear. God is with us. All we've got to do is stay firm. Stay firm. I believe even those who were beheaded for their witness for Jesus, I somehow think they won't feel a thing. I somehow think it will be like a feather going across the back of their neck. I believe that God will protect them from all pain and terror. Well, we've learned about the Antichrist today. He will come as a religious leader. We all need to know. Throughout this series, I will give you other things that the Antichrist will come as and we'll discuss that God bless you all sincerely I love you all and I hope you liked today's teaching, God bless you all Brother Michael, what a powerful teaching today, it was awesome Thank Praise you. the Lord I want you to tell people about your church in England and how people can contact you and support your ministry
Well, I, my computer, my old computer packed up this week and somebody kindly, another Christian brother gave me a new computer and he come around and fitted it for me. So my email address is frame. Cummins, all one word, F-R-A-M-E-C-U-M-M-I-N-S, at AOL, one, two, three, at AOL. Say it again, I got it wrong. Frank Cummins, one, two, three, at AOL.com. If you wish to speak to me and you want me to pray for you personally, if you go on to that email address, you will find my Skype address now. Just send me a Skype invite. I'll return it to you and we can pray. I have a church in London, northwest London. Uh, it's called Kilburn Christian Fellowship. We meet every Sunday. We also meet on Thursday. We do Bible study between 12 and 2 in the afternoon and I do deliverance after. We meet on Sunday, be 11 to 2, and we have a short break for refreshments and I do deliverance after that. If you want to support my ministry, if you go on my website, uh, framecummings123 aol.com, you can see there's a PayPal account. I would be overjoyed to receive a blessing from you. Uh, there we go. If you're ever in London, come and see us. Uh, I've been at the church five years. Uh, it was on its knees when I went there. It had six members. We have about 30 now, and most of the people have come through deliverance and come through healing, and the church is growing every day. I don't want to run a church for the sake of playing church or running a church. I want church to be real in people's lives, a place where they can come, where they can worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. My friend, a real honor to be here with you. And folks, we're here every week with Pastor Michael Cummins, same time, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, which is 3 p.m. UK. Hope you'll join us again next week. Brother Michael, would you like to close us in prayer? Certainly. Dear Lord, we ask that nobody is fearful. No born-again believer is fearful of the times to come. We know that these times to come must take place because they are written in the Bible. Jesus has spoke about them. The prophets have spoke about them, but they must take place. But we believe and trust in you, Lord. We have no fear, for God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And we ask that you, Father God, protect all the people who listen to Amiga Man Radio and all Christians throughout the world. And we ask this today in Jesus Christ, our Lord's name. Amen. I say amen to that. We'll see you next week, my brother. God bless you. God bless you too and your family. Bye-bye. That was Michael Cummins. Coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to welcome back Tommy Hollihan. Let me go ahead and save this, so get ready to refresh MixLR. Here we go. <laughs> 